The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. Last week, we talked about repentance and faith as the two prerequisites to call yourself a Christian or Christ follower just like the mark and the oath of the Roman legionary defined who he was. Of course, we all sin, but the true wrestling match is in how long it takes us to admit it and confess our sin and then repent. Today, my guest is a young man I have known and watched grow tremendously over the last 20 years. He recently began a new job as lead pastor at Riverpoint Church, Missouri City, after serving in several roles at Second Baptist Church for 13 years pastor or lead pastor chad harold <laughs> welcome to wrestling with the internet hey david oh it's so good to be here this is awesome man i'm such a fan of the podcast what you're doing and i really think it's it's helpful so i'm just thrilled to be here and i hope to help myself thanks for having me you bet so chad everyone seems to be interested you know when a celebrity or rich or famous person falls into sin uh two examples come to mind one from the old testament with david and Bathsheba. Yep which you and I know a lot about, but perhaps our listeners don't. And one more contemporary example is with Deshaun Watson, our fair city, the Houston Texans, and number one draft pick, uh, three-time pro bowler, and, you know, he has this uh, problem that still actually isn't quite resolved. And uh, both men were involved with abuse of power, and, you know, that's what really caused them to fall. And then the question is, is do they own that? Do they accept responsibility and, you know, how did how did David handle that once he was confronted with his sin? And you know, does there seem to be a common thread, do you think, between these two, just so we can kind of have something more contemporary that people can relate to, but understand the wisdom, the ancient wisdom of the Old Testament? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, yeah, there's there's uh, many parallels that I think are really important for us to see, uh, regardless where we are, if we've stumbled in this area or not. And first of all, if, you, if you're familiar with the story of David, uh, it's really sad, and, and it's actually really fascinating what happened. I mean, he's—the Scripture tells us that he was—his men were out at war, and he was at home. Now, that's not always the wrong thing in that time, but it, it was also not always a common thing, that it was very possible he should have been out there with his men, but he's home. And then Scripture tells us that it's late in the afternoon, and he's just waking up. So he's hanging out at home. He's sleeping in, and which right there, I think, points out our first real problem. And, and I'm sure with the Deshaun, we see it. I'm a huge Texan fan, so it breaks my heart to even have to talk about this. Right. But I'm sure there's a similarity, and that's this, that laziness leads to lust. I mean, David's out just hanging out at his house, and he finds himself in trouble. And you know, Deshaun, whatever the stories are, but he's in the massage parlors and he's hanging out and, and just, you know, maybe dot his mind off the target of what he's doing. And so that's the first thing I notice. You see these parallels of, man, laziness leads to less. That's for all of us. You know, you're hanging out at it home is. and you could be busy or doing, you start looking at this or, or watching this or maybe engage in this and, and all that's similar. And then, you know, the story moves on. David walks out on the balcony and he sees a woman bathing and all of a sudden he's, he's intrigued as any natural man would be. And, you know, you see a parallel of Deshaun just 
being around a bunch of women all the time, there's this temptation just just lurks in. And and the story of David's a little odd because people think, oh, how did, how is this lady just bathing and he sees her from his his palace? That's a little odd. But biblical times, this is actually really common. Most of the homes are all even, and so the showers would be actually on top rather than underneath. And so it was actually a safe place to shower so that no one would see you except for the one person, which is the king, because his castle was higher than everybody else. And so his position of power set him up for trouble, positioned him for trouble. And that's where all of us have to be on guard, but especially men and women that are in places of power. We just have to be so careful. And here we see Deshaun and David both stumble. So just to finish the story so everyone knows, David uses his power, has his men go grab this woman Bathsheba, brings her over, sleeps with her, sends her home, and and he's good. He's done. He's taking care of what he wants to do. And uh, the story picks up a little later on. We can get into that in a second. But this is really, I think, the parallels is we're just we're set up for trouble when we're, we're lazy. And we're set up for trouble when we take our power and abuse it and, and take advantage of it, which I think is the similarities we see here. Yeah. And, and look, Deshaun Watson is 27 years old today. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're a blue chip athlete, you're identified by the time you're a ninth grader. That's right. And you're told that laws don't apply to you, you get special favors, the the amount of temptation that a young man like that has to wrestle with is uh, enormous. I couldn't imagine, you know, what that was like, even nope. now, and I'm not anywhere near 27 years old, but nevertheless, you know, he uh, he did fall, you know, he had been a three-time Pro Bowl selection, now he's got 22 lawsuits, he didn't play all last year, although he wasn't suspended, and, you know, he won't make $46 million this year if he... Uh, if he doesn't get to play and they're waiting, you know, for that verdict, if he's suspended and then for how long. But it's just uh, the question really is, is, is anyone going to confront him about this as as a Christian? You know, is, is someone going to say, you, you know, have you really owned this? Because he was having all these massages. They were coming into private homes. It wasn't like, right. you know, I'm going to a business. Twenty two people. He's already said through his lawyers, you know, that he's had consensual relations. But so something was going on. There's some uh, responsibility, you know, that he has to own there. And you you need someone sometimes to uh, to confront you with it. And so why don't you just kind of go in a little bit about what Nathan did and how risky that was for Nathan to sure. confront the king. Absolutely. Well, and to come behind what you just said, I mean, I had a buddy who played football. He never went to the NFL, but he played at Minnesota for a couple of years. And, and he would come home and tell me these stories about – walking into bars, underage by far, everything paid for, uh, the highest caliber things he could ever want. He literally had everything and everyone handed to him. And, and he, by the way, didn't make it. He was kicked out within two years, drugs and all the stuff, because it just, he couldn't handle it. And so, yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's very interesting to note that when, when we fall, most of the time, it doesn't just happen. There's typically a foundation that's been laid that then leads us to this point where we stumble. And the same, I'm sure, is true for Deshaun. And so when all these people were enabling, that same group of people could have been the people helping him, calling him out. And so you go back to David, there's this, you know, this epic story. Well, to finish it off, he, uh, Bathsheba comes over, they sleep together, finds out she's pregnant, right? When most people may not be familiar with the story. We find out Bathsheba's pregnant. Well, David, instead of dealing with it the right way, he tries to cover it up. So ultimately gets her husband back out to war, Gets him killed so that he could try to marries her, claims the baby's his, and just has this this oh I'm free I've covered it up I didn't deal with it but I covered it up so all so what Deshaun pay everybody off let's get it taken care of let's get it covered up let's move on well then there's this this epic moment where Nathan who's a prophet in Scripture comes up to David tells him this story it's like, but he says man there's 
Let me tell you a story, David. There's, and we need this, right? We need someone like right. this, bold enough to, to look us in the eye and tell us a story. He goes, let me tell you a story. There was this guy. He had everything. He was rich. He was wealthy. He had he had all the, the livestock, which was basically currency back in biblical times. He had all of these things. And then a traveler comes over to his home, and he wants to feed the traveler, but he didn't want to use any of his things. So instead of using his, he goes to find a guy down the road that has just one, one piece of livestock that he has taken care of, he has nurtured, he has, he has protected, and he takes that man's property and he uses it for his own benefit. And as Nathan's telling him this story, you, the scripture tells David's just like welling up with anger and I can't, how dare this guy do this? This is unbelievable. And Nathan looks David dead in the eye and he says, that man I'm talking about is you. And those are the moments that, if we're honest, most guys don't have. Right. Most guys don't have someone not only in their life that they trust enough to hear that, but don't have guys in their life that are brave enough to say that. And I guarantee you, Deshaun had people from his team to his his fellow coaches to his teammates, maybe his mom. I mean, I'm sure there were people that knew what were going on, what was going on. And yet they weren't brave enough to look him in the eye and say, man, this is not about me. It's for you, for your own benefit. You got to stop. You got to kill this because this is going to kill you. If not, and here we are years later. So David had the same moment, and man, I mean, can you imagine what would happen if he didn't have that? Right, and and he had the ability to execute Nathan. Uh, so I, I like, you know, I was in sales. I, I like the third-party story. I like saying, well, there's this other guy, you know, and he has this sheep, and, you know, you're telling it, and it's only because then you can get the appropriate emotional response from David, as you described it. He's like righteously angry, you know, when he's hearing about someone else. But once it's flipped on him, and then they recognize it, then you can't escape the conviction, you know, especially if you are a man after God's heart. That's right. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, today we don't always have a, a noble prophet like Nathan to hold us accountable for our sins. And, and, you know, you think about a person like Deshaun Watson, many people are making money off of Deshaun Watson, you know, his agents, the team. And so they don't want to upset that That's apple right. cart. And so they have their own sins really to be <laughs> responsible for. Um so what was David's response? So what was David's response once uh, he did receive this uh, conviction, you know, from, from Nathan? That's great. And his response is what we hope would be all of our responses in a moment like this. And that is he was crushed. He was broken by what he had done. And that right there, that's the, the place we all have to get to in a moment like this. And I, our listeners, you know, they come from all different backgrounds, but I, I'm sure there's somebody or somebody's listening to this going, oh, yeah, please stop. You're talking about me and I can't handle this right now. But here's the reality. Until we are broken by what we have done, we will not reach the point of being able to truly be repented before God. We must first recognize it. We have to acknowledge it. And that's exactly what David did. He didn't try to cover it up anymore. He didn't try to stop it. He was truly broken. In fact, we later on learned that he penned a psalm. He penned many of them, but Psalm 51 particularly is uh, really was a song, but he wrote these words from the bottom of his broken heart, having realized what he had done and and, and really experiencing the weight that I don't I don't know if I could ever get through this, but I'm going to the one place I know that can, and that's God. And there's a couple of verses. I'll, I'll read a few that maybe could be helpful for us. So Psalm 51.1, it says this. These are David's words from the bottom of his broken heart. Have mercy on me, O God, 
according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. We get the picture of almost like a whiteout. Can you, God, can you just take this off of my record? Can you get rid of it? Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And I think that's worth pausing right there. I mean, first of all, we think ever before me. We get to this place where we're thinking, can God even forgive this? Like, I know he can forgive that and that, but could he forgive me of this? Because, and imagine David, this, he's done the worst. He, he basically, he, he, he raped someone, if you're willing to be honest, and then he killed her husband to cover it up. I mean, can he even be forgiven? His sin is ever before him. And I'm sure there's, there's guys listening right now thinking, man, I don't, I don't know if what you're talking about relates to me because what I've done is horrible. My sin is ever before me. And then it says against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. So you just, you hear these words. I mean, he's just, he's begging for mercy, even though he knows he deserves justice, right? And that's, right. that's the God we serve. <laughs> and that's painful to think about because we look around this broken world. We're like, oh, we want justice. We want everything to be fixed. We want God to punish that and take get rid of that evil and this person but if we are not careful, we forget that, man, we're just as guilty as they are. If he's going to be justice and, and bring justice to all, we're going to be in that line too. And so we do serve a God that, that extends mercy even when justice is deserved. And I think this is what David's wrestling with. I don't, I don't know how to process this. It's wild. Well, I think that term that my sin is ever before me. So even though he's the king, even though you know no one— except for Nathan, you know, is going to say anything about it or he'll just strike them down or, you know, you, but it is ever before you. You can't escape it. You know when you've done something wrong. Right. You can't kid yourself. And that's why so many people turn to addictive behaviors because they're trying to medicate themselves out of their conscience, you know, and, and that's the Holy Spirit, you know, within us, especially if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I believe that Deshaun Watson in this case has. He's got a tattoo on his right bicep that says glory to God. That's right. And uh, I know that he's... He's good. He's done good things, but, you know, he still has to have, you know, he's listening to all of his advisors, and at some point you just kind of have to say, look, I'm going to take responsibility for this. But, you know, there's millions at stake, and, you know, you got attorneys and uh, agents and everybody else, imagine. you know. So, yeah, so but uh, so we see three requests in Psalms, yep. you know, uh, of God made by David. The first is, you know, cleanse me. The second is restore me. And the third is use me. So, yeah. Chad, help us understand how we can do the same today and how God honors our prayers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first thing we see, and, and I won't read it to our listeners, but I encourage you to go go uh, grab a Bible, read Psalm 51, and watch this unfold. But really, 6 through 8, we see David start to use this verbiage of, of cleanse me. And, and so he's gotten—to get to true confession, you have to start with brokenness. So he's come to that realization. Now he's saying, okay, God— I need you to do something about this. I need you to take care of this. I need you to to cleanse me, to wash me, to make me whiter than snow. And and this is really important because basically what David's talking about here and what God has to deal with is he's dealing with the inside, right? He's dealing with the inner man. He's saying, you got to wash me on the inside. Why? Because the in, inward being drives the outward behavior. And so this is what God does. He doesn't, he doesn't clean up the outside. He cleans us up from the inside. Out. And so this is what David is saying, God, I know you can do this. Can you can you come cleanse me? Can you can you can you blot out this sin? Can you make me new? And then he moves on and he starts to talk about 
restore me. And, and if you read it, it's interesting. He says, take not your Holy Spirit from me, which nowadays in the New Testament, that actually theologically kind of is a little confusing because once Christ died on the cross and ascended into heaven, that's when he sent the Holy Spirit to all of us who believe in Jesus Christ. Now God dwells in us. First Corinthians 3.16 teaches us about that. But in these days, in the Old Testament, not every believer had the Spirit of God dwelling in them. And so God would just place his Holy Spirit in certain men, certain women to do special things for God. And David was one of those. He was anointed king. He was given the Spirit of God to have the power. And David's saying, I don't want to lose you, and I don't want to lose my anointing. I don't want to lose my call. I don't want to lose the things you have called me to do. And that right there is where we hit kind of the next phase we've got to deal with, and that is that when we are engulfed in sin or sins, plural, we are far less useful to God. And so before we can continue the mission he's put us on, whatever that is, we have to deal with what's going on in our life. And so for those guys listening and going, man, I just, uh, this is too big. I just got to keep putting it in a box. I'm telling you, you are limited on what God can do with you until you deal with this. And David knew that. He understood that. So he's, he's begging God, can you restore me? Can you bring me back to that place that I once was? And then the last piece is he talks about use me. And basically he says, I will teach, I will lead, I will deliver, I will do everything you have called me to do. I want to go back to who you've called me to be. I want to do what you've called me to do. And I, I ask God that you'd give me the chance to do that. And here's the reality. In big moments like this, I think some of our guys may be listening and going, well, what's going to happen? Okay, God's going to forgive me, but what about the rest? Here's the reality, and this is hard, but it's true. Just because we're forgiven by God doesn't mean the consequences are removed. And so it's possible that some of the decisions that we have made are going to have ramifications beyond God's grace and forgiveness. His grace and forgiveness doesn't cover the, pen, the, the repercussions, the penalty, the consequences. And so for us guys, man, when we make these mistakes, we have to own it and we have to own every piece of it and then believe that God will not only cleanse us, but restore us and then he can use us. And that's it. The reason we come to the place of needing to, to get right with God is because we realize, one, we've screwed up, but then two, we realize, man, I am not as effective as I once was. I need God to bring me back to life because I want to finish my life well. I do not want to end my life. And, and man, I hope you're listening to this. I don't want you to end your life in bondage of shame and guilt because of what you've done and it limit what God puts you on this earth to do. That is not worth it. And I think David understood this. And this is why we see this cleanse me, restore me, use me, this begging place. And man, I know we want to tell our men, God will do this. He can do this. He desires to do this, to free you from this and to put you back in the game, to put you back in the match so that you can go and be useful for him. So this is this is the response we see from David. Yeah. And, you know, if you've ever walked with God or even just with a close friend or something, and then you lose that relationship and you're all alone again, you know, just people who have lost, uh, you know, a spouse or something, you know, that aloneness is, is terrible. You know, that's something that you don't want to do, especially... If you feel the, the power that comes with the Holy Spirit, you know, the power and the ability to overcome, and that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to lie. He wants to cheat you out of that. He wants to keep you pinned down. He wants to keep you apart from the strength of your partnership. And I uh, actually have a good personal friend uh, and fraternity brother of mine from a and I won't mention his name, but he was deeply involved at a very high level with the Enron uh, scandal. Oh, yeah. and. And he had to make a decision, you know, about how he was going to deal with that. And, you know, he had paparazzi outside. I can't imagine. It was, it was crazy for me just because I know him to see 
all the Channel 2 news vans all out in front of his house, and he's got three little girls, and, you know, and, and it's like the hounding of the press, you know. And I'm sure Deshaun Watson has felt that. He's maybe Absolutely. up in Cleveland now, but, you know, you, you can't escape it. It is ever before you. Now, he dealt with it well, and uh, but I saw that walked out and you know he was offered uh opportunities to write books and to try to profit from this and he did not do that you know he accepted his responsibility in it and you know he was a, a terrific example of you know how to do that and it was because of his faith and it's just uh that that cleansing part and then all right so restoring you know how how are we restored you know what are the steps for restoration for our listeners out there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first thing we do, we, we recognize what we've done. Got it. Got to take the take the responsibility. Then we come to God. God, listen, forgive. And especially, listen, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, this is that's a little thing, but it's, it's it's interesting to note. We don't really need to, and it's okay to do this, but we don't need to ask for forgiveness because through Christ on the cross, we are forgiven as believers. We're forgiven everything we have done, are doing, and will do. So we're forgiven. Now, it's a natural practice, and I do it myself. God, forgive me for this. I can't believe I did this again. But truthfully, we're not looking for forgiveness. That's already that's already been given to us. What we're looking for is realizing, hey, God, I have messed this up. I've messed this up, and I don't want to do this again. Help me. And this is the part where we recognize, we ask for his grace, we ask for him to help us, and then we repent. We turn from it, and we run the other way. We don't walk. We run the other way. God, I don't want to do this again. Give me the power to do this, but I recognize what I've done. So we go to God. Now, if you're not in Christ, just making it first step is recognizing there's a God out there that loves you, that wants to forgive you, but more importantly, he wants to bring you close to him. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And once you do that, then you recognize that sin. You lay it out, you, you lay it out and confess it. Scripture tells us, confess our sins one to another. We talk about it to people. We get it off our chest. We trust God's going to forgive us. Then we repent, we turn and we run the other way. And then we walk out you know, into the world and we go do what he's called us to do. And so this is the repentance process that through Christ on the cross is made available to each and every one of us. So any final thoughts on uh, maybe our listeners out there who might be, you know, grappling, wrestling, you know, with a uh, sin of, of lust, you know, that as laziness might have led to lust, or perhaps even, you know, you have an opportunity to be a Nathan, but you're afraid to confront someone that you love uh, about sin. So any th- yeah, final thoughts on that? Absolutely. I would say quickly that last part first. For those of us, man, God has placed us here. He's put us in people's lives to be effective. And so, man, some of those, the best moments we'll have for God are going to be the toughest moments. And so I would look to be very tactful, to be very prayerful and very wise when you present something like this. But I would I would go to that man and I would say, man, I love you, brother. I care about you. I can't not tell you this. Here you go. And lay it out. And the reverse side for those of us, man, I mean, every man struggles with loss. So I'd say it's about putting up those safeguards. It's about getting ahead of the game, knowing how the enemy works, trying to, to you know, he's going to cause doubt. He's going to distort truth. He's going to divert you off the path. I mean, he's going to do all those things. So knowing that and then being really cautious, you know, to make sure that you don't fall to that. And then the last little piece I'll just add quickly is, you know, we talk about God living in us and the Holy Spirit. God, God will not leave us. But it is possible to create a little distance between us and him by just being disobedient. So I, I'd say the best thing we could do, be obedient, and it'll draw us closer to God, and we can restore that intimate relationship that we have with him. Well, thanks for being on. I, and you know what? We have a sponsor for this show that's in the restoration business, uh, the Prism Specialties. You know, they can restore electronics, textiles, artwork that have been damaged uh, in flood situations and other uh, home, like electricity uh, lightning strikes and things like that. So uh, call Prism Specialties if you have anything that needs restoring in your home and get closer to God you know, to restore yourself. Absolutely. Uh, also, please email us at wrestlingwiththeinnerman 
at gmail.com to offer input, suggestions, or feedback on any of our programs. And just real quickly, I'd like to close in prayer. Dear Lord, just thank you for lead pastor Chad Harold and what work he's doing to help uh, young men and you know with this radio program. We pray specifically for Deshaun Watson. You know, he's dealing with a lot and I think he's a believer. I think he's a good young man, and I think he needs to be restored, but he has to repent. And uh, so we hope that uh, you would place people around him that would uh, be a Nathan for him. And if we're called to be Nathans to one another, we have to hold one another accountable. We just ask you to do all this and help us to be the men that you've called us to be to glorify you. In Christ's name, amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man. With David Savage, we believe the winners in this ring. Courageously follow God's word. Love and protect God's woman. Excel at God's work. Batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.